Amen. As, as, we, as Dovey was singing that song, I thought about, you know, sometimes you look at the news and uh, it can be real depressing and real scary now from a human vantage point because there's just some evil, evil things that are happening. And so we have to remember to keep our eyes on the Lord or otherwise we can get real discouraged, seriously. I mean, you really have to keep your eyes on the Lord. Well, we're in a series on 10 keys to living large. Those 10 keys that unlock the life you really want to live are found in the Ten Commandments. I'm going to jump right into this because I want to really focus on the message this morning. Here are the Ten Keys, uh, the, the uh, Ten Commandments. Put the Lord first, accept no substitutes, take God seriously in your life, use a day to pause, rest, and worship. You're doing that this morning. Uh, respect and obey your parents, honor and protect human life, abortion and all those issues, uh, practice and promote sexual purity, uh, get things honestly, that means don't steal. And here's what we're going to focus on today. Be truthful. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Be truthful, truthful. Next week we'll wrap it up with learning how to be uh, content. So, But today we're going to talk about be truthful. Here's the commandment, and I pulled it out of two different versions. I like this. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The contemporary English version says it this way, do not tell lies about others. And basically that just means this, be truthful. Don't tell lies. Be a person of truth. Not have truths, not mostly truths, not 99% truths. Be 100% truthful. And so today, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you the truth about lies. How about that one? I could have called this sermon the truth about lies. Now, you know, here's one of these things. When, when I was young, the first lesson I began to learn about lying was from this dude right here. Y'all remember Pinocchio? Do you guys know who Pinocchio is? I didn't know if that was something y'all still watch today. All right, don't you wish, well, I don't know if we want to wish this or not, that whenever you told a lie, your, new, your nose would grow, right? Uh, it would be easy to figure that out. But you know what? People can deceive you and their nose is not going to grow. Now, but that's the first experience I remember about Pinocchio. Don't tell a lie, you might be like Pinocchio, okay? Now, I love commercials, I love funny commercials. And this is one of my favorite ones, uh, and this one's about Pinocchio, okay? So just take a listen to this one. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Everybody knows that. Well... Did you know Pinocchio was a bad motivational speaker? I look around this room and I see nothing but untapped potential. You have potential. You have... Oh boy. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. I love that one, okay? And if you've seen those modern uh, progressive commercials about don't act like your parents, I don't know if you've seen those. Those are great. But I'll never forget, forget that com commercial. All right, now <clears throat> look at this. A recent survey of Americans said 66% of Americans say it's not wrong to tell lies. Only 31% agreed with this statement. Honesty is the best policy. 
Dr. Leonard Keeler, inventor of the lie detector machine, has tested 25,000 individuals and has come to the conclusions that human beings are basically deceptive. And so now one of the reasons we know that God put that in there is because all of these things are something that many times we, we all uh, commit. Now, again, I'm going to talk to you about the truth, truths about lying here today. By the way, there's, there he is. Okay, I forgot to pop him up, okay? And we always say, me? I don't lie? Well, after this sermon, you're going to figure out you are a liar, okay? You've deceived in some way or another. You may not have told an out-and-out lie, but sometimes just by your body language, you can be deceptive. Sometimes by your voice inflections, you can be deceptive. And that's what this commandment is about. So let's take a look, uh, first of all, at lying defined. The first case we see in the Bible of a lie was the devil. Remember, God told, uh, God told Adam and Eve, you can eat of any tree of this garden, just don't eat of the tree of the... Knowledge of evil. And so Satan, first of all, comes to Eve and he said, Did God really say that? So he's trying to get her to doubt. Did God really say that if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die? And then he moves from doubt to the lie. He said, You shall surely not die. He made her, he lied about the word of God. Lying defined, let me give you the Wikipedia definition. And it's a good definition. A lie is a type of deception in the form of an untruthful statement with the intention to deceive. To deceive. I like this part. To lie is to say, state something one knows, that is the person telling it, is false with the intention that it can be taken for truth by someone else. You hear that? To lie is to say something one who is lying knows is false with the intention that it be taken for the truth by someone else. Now, why is it that we lie? Why do we do this? What is it about human nature that makes us want to lie? You ever notice how... Um, uh, I was watching some videos on YouTube this week. I looked up liars uh, lying, and it talked about kids lying. And it was so funny. They'd go up to little babies, and the little baby would have chocolate all over its mouth. You know, just full of chocolate. And the mother would purposely go, Who took the cookies? Did you take the cookies? No, I didn't take the cookies. Got, got chocolate all over their mouth. Yeah, okay, that lets you know the sin nature. There's something about us. <laughs> wants to, to do these things. And the, the, uh, so lying, obviously, is used to deceive. That little boy, even when he was really young, I mean, just a toddler could barely talk, wanted to not get in trouble. He wanted to say to his mom, oh, I'm telling the truth. He used it to deceive. Then it is used to defend, same kind of thing. One of the main reasons we lie is because we don't want to get in trouble because some, something we did. And so we use a lie to defend ourselves. This is probably the number one reason that a lot of people lie. 
It is also used to defeat. If you want to see this sin, just look around election time, right? Because they got dirty ads against each other. They're going back and forth, and it's one lie after another. And it's usually the Republican lying about the Democrat, and the Democrat lying around the Republican. The number one place where this is used is Washington, D.C., I think, on earth, right? Uh, it is used to defeat somebody. You tell lies about them. They call that negative campaigning. It is used to discover. It is used to discover information. Hey, li listen, here, here's what, the way we spiritualize it in Baptist churches. We hear something about somebody and say, you know, boy, I, I heard something uh, happen to them, and, you know, I heard they're going through a divorce, or I heard this and that and the other. You know, I just want to pray for them. Can you give me any de more details about that? <laughs> They use that to discover, you know, but it comes across as trying to come across as a sincere prayer request, but really all you're doing is digging for more uh, information on people. This is a big one. This happens in business. It's used to defraud. You have to be careful sometimes what you buy because there is false advertising out there. Um... And here's the thing that's hard even these days, like if you shop on Amazon or you shop at Walmart, you know, they'll give four stars or five stars to this product. But you know what some of them do? They get people to go on there and put four or five stars. So it lies are used to defraud. So that's lying to find. Here's the next thing. Lying described. <coughs> lying described. Now... Exaggerating is lying. When uh, the children of Israel, uh, God marched them out of Egypt, and then He was immediately going to take them into the promised land, immediately. They could have gone in with a matter of few days to where God wanted them to be. And so what they did, they formed a committee, they had 12 people, 12 spies, Go in there, look over the land that God has given us. Okay, that's a good thing in war. You send out spies. Excuse me. And so they sent these 12 men out. Ten of them, two of them came back with a great report. We can go in there. We can take this land. God's given us this land because He'd promised it to them. That was Joshua and Caleb, okay? But the ten other spies came back and they started exaggerating about how bad it was. They just puffed it up in their mind about how bad it was. Listen to Numbers 13, 31 through 33 that talks about this experience. But the other man, that is the ten men who had explored the land with him, answered, talking to Joshua, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Now, just think about what God did. God defeated the entire nation of Egypt, the most powerful man on earth, Pharaoh, with ten plagues and part of the Red Sea. But here they are exaggerating. We can't stand up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread discouraging reports about the land among the Israelites. And here's their report. The land we explored will swallow up anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. That wasn't true. There were a few back then that were very large people. Remember Goliath? Okay. And uh, it says, 
Um, all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. We felt like grasshoppers next to them. And that's what we looked like to them. All right, now listen, these guys were blowing it way out of proportion, okay? And there's a tendency in human nature where we just kind of blow things out of proportion than what they really are. And exaggerating is a form of lying. Do you know this even happens in, uh, among preachers? Now listen, I know some preachers that exaggerate their numbers. There was a, a church near us, and, and uh, they built a new sanctuary, and it seated 700, okay? Um, anyway, um, they would write down on their annual report their attendance, 700. That was already suspicious to me because their building could only hold 700, architecturally speaking. Do you know when they say a, 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 a sanctuary can hold 700? You know what that means? That means everybody has to be side by side with no gaps and everybody has a 21-inch rear end. That's, that's the way the architect goes by. Now, let's just be honest. That should be a 25-inch, right? If you were to average it out. You know, you're not going to sit next to somebody who's not related to you that close. And so I'm like, those lying dogs, they ain't running 700 in worship, but they try to do that to make themselves look bigger than what they are. I, I had a, a friend who went over to that church, and I was just curious, and I said... You know, they say on their association report, they run 700. He says, <laughs> he said, that building ain't even half full. And you look out their parking lot, their parking lot couldn't even hold 700 people. But I, I'm just telling you, even preachers do this kind of stuff. They can exaggerate to try to impress. Um, I had a friend of mine, he called that evangelistically speaking. Okay, instead of evangelistically speaking, evan you're going to stretch the truth, make them look really, really good. Um, now, you may not have told a bold-faced lie about something, but have you ever exaggerated a little bit to impress other people? Have you ever exaggerated problems because you just inflated them really big in your mind? Exaggerating is lying. I remember when I was a child. Now, this is hard for me to say this because my mother listens to every podcast. Okay. But I was guilty of this as a child. Exaggerating a little bit. Because sometimes I would be at church, and I didn't want to be there at church. And so I, I would go to my mom. I mean, I, maybe I was feeling just a little tummy ache. And I would go to my mom and say, Oh, my stomach is killing me. You know? <laughs> Or, oh, I got a bad cold. You know what I was doing? I was exaggerating so she'd take me home. Okay? Sorry, Mom. I'm sorry. God has forgiven me. And Mom, the statute of limitations has already passed on that. Okay? <laughs> I was probably in the kindergarten or my early elementary school days. But I would do that. And I would do it so I wouldn't have to go to school. You know, I'd say, I'm not feeling good this day. I'm just, I got a fever. I got to go back in bed. <laughs> okay, but that's a form of deception. Any form of deception is a lie. Now, here's another thing slandering. Slandering is lying, it means using lies to damage someone's reputation. Kind of like what we talked about a little bit before with the 
the politicians. Listen to what um, Jesus said in Matthew 5.11. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know, that's a good indication you're living for God is that people lie about you, you know? I mean, but then God says, be sure they're lying about you for righteousness' sake, not because you're a scoundrel or a jerk, okay? But if you're really trying to live for God and people start lying about you, that's a good sign. Jesus said, blessed are you when that happens. Can I tell you something? There are some verses in Scripture that are just hard for me. I can take criticism... Uh, over maybe the way I handled a situation or other kind of things. But the hardest thing for me as a pastor is when somebody tells a flat-out lie against me. That's hard. I'll be honest with, with you. Now, I've gotten to a point in my life where God has taught me, you know, they're going to lie about me no matter what. I can't go around and defend myself against this lie. I just got to let, let the Lord handle that and that they still think I'm a liar. It doesn't matter because God knows my heart, you know? But that can be kind of tough. That can kind of be tough. I had a friend of mine who was a pastor and the church was really growing and, and somebody started a lie that after church he would go back in the back room and start counting the money. He didn't do that. But that lie started spreading in the community. Here, he's back there just count, counting the money. When we went to um, Moldova, uh, in Moldova, the former Soviet Union, they have what's called the uh, Russian Orthodox Church. They were somebody to find what's a Russian Orthodox Church, or and <laughs> one of my friends to find it's Catholics with beards on them. Okay. <laughs> A false religion, and <laughs> works-based, and usually they're really aligned with the government. The Russians didn't have any, even though they were atheists, they didn't have problems that much with the Russian Orthodox Church, but they had problems with somebody tried to bring in the Bible and really preach the gospel. They had a lot of problems with that. And so I remember when one of our teams went over to Moldova, and they started going around sharing the gospel, their leader was a, pa- uh, a local pastor named Peter. And the Orthodox Church began to say that whenever Pastor Peter gets somebody baptized, he gets money for it. You see? That was a lie against him. And the devil will do that. So slandering somebody else is lying. Uh, gossiping is lying. Listen to this in 1 Timothy 3.11. It's talking about the deacons and the qualifications of the deacons. Then all of a sudden it inserts this about deacons' wives. And and deacons' wives here, y'all are fine. But I've known deacons' wives like this. Timothy says, uh, Paul said in 1 Timothy 3.11, Their wives, that is the deacons' wives, must also be a good character. They must not be gossips, but they must control their tempers and be trustworthy in every way. You know what God says? Not only should you 
look at a man to see if he's a servant, godly man. But if he's got a wife with a loose tongue, you better not have him as a deacon. Because there's some things a pastor shares with the deacons that he asks to keep private, and sometimes information can kind of get over to the wife, and next thing you know, that wife is spreading a bunch of gossip about the church. Have you ever played that game where you sit around in the circle and you tell, you start off with one person and they start telling one little, just a story, a true story. But by the time it gets around over here, it's turned totally different. Okay? A church, I mean, this is just human nature, but a church is one of the worst places. It starts the old rumor mill. And I always say this, if I believed everything that's ever been said against me, I wouldn't come to this church. <laughs> you know? I wouldn't listen to me preach if I believed everything that's been said about me. Gossiping is lying. We had a former church member, one of my former church, and uh, she happened to be a deacon's wife, but it was too late. I was very careful about what I said around her. You know why? Because I knew it would get around. If I said anything to her, even if I said, you know what, pray for me, I'm just really kind of a little discouraged right now. It would be around the church the next week that the pastor's discouraged. <laughs> so I was real careful what I said around that lady. Because guess what? Here's the thing you've got to remember. Those who gossip to you will gossip about you. Listen to that. Those who gossip to you will turn right around and gossip about you. So you just stop that right there. I don't want to hear that. And you know what? Once you say that one time, I don't want to hear that, they'll stop gossiping to you. But if you listen to gossip and you take it in, guess what? You've just created a trash can ear. And a gossip loves to dump trash in trash can ears. And so if you say, I've heard people say, I don't know why people just come and tell me things. Because you got a trash can ear. Tell them, stop. I don't want to hear it. Gossiping is lying. Now here's another one kind of similar to that is insinuating is lying. You can say, you know, I saw old John over there and... He was talking to some woman that wasn't his wife. What is that doing? Insinuating that they got something going on, right? It could be totally innocent. You know, maybe he was telling her, hey, the kids are coming over. We're having a party this week. How about bringing little Johnny with you? Be totally innocent. But somebody will go around and say, man, I saw old John. He was, he was talking to Betty. He looked a little bit happy as he's talking to Betty. Insinuating is still deceptive. All right, listen to this verse, Proverbs 6, 12 through 13. A worthless person is the one who walks with a perverse mouth, that's his nature, who winks with his eyes, who signals with his feet, who points with his finger. That's an insinuating person, and God calls them wicked and worthless. Now here's one that you probably hadn't thought of, and that is flattering is lying. Now, there's a difference between encouragement and flattery. Well, I tell you, Steve is a great encourager, and he just said something real encouraging to me this morning. It blessed me. And I knew he was not saying that for any other reason other than to just encourage me and share how God had blessed him through this church. 
That was encouraging. But there's some flattery. It sounds like encouragement, but you know what it is? It's really manipulation to get you to do something. Okay? Here's a flattering statement. You go up to somebody who's not your wife, and you're having a little, you know, she's looking good. And you say, man, that dress sure is looking nice. They're not really saying, saying that to compliment you, encourage you. They're seeing if they can get a reaction from that. That's flatter, flattery. Um, and by the way, if you have somebody compliment you a lot, you better be careful because they got some ulterior motive. When I was a uh, youth pastor at Green Hills, and Gail knows this, this lady, um, she was a married woman, but she was having trouble in her marriage. She told me that. I'm single. This married woman's telling me she's having trouble in her marriage. She thinks her husband, who was a UPS pilot, was cheating on her. What is this woman doing telling a single guy that her husband's cheating on her? I, that night, I was baptizing my first baptism. I was baptizing my first baptism. I was performing my first baptism. And uh, after the baptism was over, she said, Jeff, everything you do is good. You preach good. You even baptize good. But I could read right through them. She was after this stud of a young pastor. <laughs> young, I could read that through the... And then just, you know, and again, but I'm trying to think, surely she's not doing that. Surely she's not doing that. She can't be doing that. But then after, a, after a, we had a fellowship, I started walking the parking lot back to my car. And I heard footsteps behind me. And I saw there was my car there and her car was parked right beside me. Here's what she said that let me know without any doubt what she was doing. She said, look at there, Jeff, my car's parked Beside your car, people are going to think you and I got something going on. I'm like, that's it. That's it. Joseph, I'm running. I'm running. I went and told my pastor immediately. I said, I know my own wicked heart. This lady is just offering herself to me, and I'm afraid of what I'm going to do. So hold me accountable. She was using flattery to try to get to me. Okay? Her goal was not to encourage me. Her goal was to seduce me. And I remember this pastor who was really, really ugly, okay? Really, really ugly. He'd knock a vulture off a gut truck, okay? I mean, that's how ugly he was. He was so ugly, he, he, if he fell off an ugly tree, he hit every limb on the way down, right? You've heard those, those kind of jokes. And here's what he told young preacher students. The devil has got a woman for every man of God. Doesn't matter how ugly you are. Flattering is lying. Listen to this word, verse about flattering. Uh, Psalm 55, 21. The words of his mouth were, so, were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. You see, that's, that's flattery. Another thing is um, about lying that describes it is condoning. Condoning something. When other people are lying about another person, you just don't say anything. You condone it and you're a part of the lie. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 26, 4-5. through 5. I do not spend my time with liars, 
Or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gathering of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. If you hear somebody saying something about somebody else, don't join in with them. Because condoning is lying. Now here's the uh, last thing. Lying dangers. Lying dangers. Alright? First of all, lying is a serious sin in God's eyes. Matter of fact, God, you know, you've heard of a top ten list? God has a top six list. And in, one, in the top six of those lists, listen to this, there are six things which God hates. Yes, seven, excuse me, that's a Hebrew way of saying there were seven things on this list. Yes, seven which are an abomination to Him. You know, some people say this, well, all sin is sin, all sin is sin. No, it's not. Not all sins are equal to another sin because there's only a few things God calls an abomination. You know what abomination is? That's something God really hates. And it is a super sin. Okay? And here are God's super sins. He says, here they are, haughty eyes, that's pride. Number two on that list is a lying tongue. God calls lies an abomination. It's a serious sin. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 21. He gets real specific. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Now here's another thing about lying and why it's so dangerous is lying is a prevalent sin. Lying is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in TVs, it's in movies. Lord knows we know it's on the news programs, right? It's on Facebook. It's everywhere. Listen to what the Bible says about lost people in Romans 3.13. Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their speech is filled with lies. Lying is a prevalent sin. Now here's how I know everybody in here has lied. Okay, We're going to take a survey. Okay, Now from what I've said so far, let's just be honest. I told you that I exaggerated, and I've told lies, okay? How many of you ever told a lie according to what I say? Raise your hand. Okay, guess what? Those of you who didn't raise your hand just lied. So, everybody here is a liar, okay? Um, Lying is a prevalent sin. Here's another thing about lying. Lying is a destructive sin. It causes major damage. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Hey, I can preach the Word of God and it brings life to people. People get saved. People's lives are changed. But Hitler used his tongue and deception to kill over 6 million people. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Of the tongue. It's a destructive sin. Let me listen, list some destructions. I didn't put it up there, but lying can break up marriages. Marriages are built on trust. If there's a lie in the marriage, it can ruin the foundation and it's hard to get back. Lying can destroy someone's good character. 
you know, somebody who's really lived a godly life or something like that, and they've been a man of integrity, and all of a sudden, they get caught in a lie. It doesn't matter how many truths that guy said, it doesn't matter how much he's lived, he gets caught in a lie and can damage his reputation. And people can never trust him again. Lies can be used to rob millions of dollars. You ever heard of Enron? You ever heard of Bernie Madoff, who was playing a shell game with people's monies and ripped off people's retirement? And by the way, he ended up in jail. Lying is a destructive sin. It pollutes society. It corrupts society. I'm telling you, from the White House, all over in government, there is corruption. And it spreads like a cancer. It's everywhere. It brings destruction. It gets people in emotional bondage. False cults use deception and lying. False beliefs. It breaks trust in relationship. People have lost friends over lying. It also sears the conscience. Because if you become a person who's always telling lies after a while, it won't bother you as much. It will numb your conscience. All right, now here's another thing that goes right along with that. Uh, uh, lying, excuse me, lying is an addictive sin. It can be like cocaine. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.12. I will not be mastered by anything. And Paul was talking about everything in general, but some people are mastered by their lies. They become what is referred to as a pathological liar. They tell so many lies that they lie to themselves and they don't even see the truth anymore. They're addicted to it. That friend of mine who died recently, my best friend growing up, He'd lie about everything. And everybody knew he was a liar. He was a chronic liar. He just lied and lied and lied and lied and lied all throughout his life. You know why? He was addicted to it. And it was his default position. Whenever he got caught about something, whenever he, he uh, wanted to manipulate the situation, automatically he went to a lie. It's an addictive sin. That's why it's so dangerous. But here's the one thing that I want you to see. Lying is a devilish sin. Lying comes from the demons. Lying comes from the devil. You know what uh, Jesus said in John chapter 8? He, he talks to the Pharisees and He said, You're a bunch of liars and your father is the liar. The devil is the Father, the generator of lies. Trace him all the way back to the Garden of Eden. He told the first lie in the Bible, and whenever you tell a lie, you're agreeing with Satan. You're going along with demons. Lying is a, is a devilish sin. I always say this, I said it to my son, I say it to Peyton, and I, I say this, you can do any, I mean, I'm going to forgive you for anything that you do, you are unconditionally loved, but you lie to me, and you're never more like the devil than when you lie. Never no more like the devil, because the devil, his number one thing he's known for is he's a liar. Now here's <laughs> next one, sorry. Lying defeated. 
how do you defeat lies in your life if you're a lying person? Tell the truth completely. Don't tell 95% of the truth. Don't tell 99% of the truth. Tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God, right? If they say in court. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 10.10 when you don't tell the whole truth. Someone who holds back the truth causes trouble. Sometimes you can tell a lie by not telling the whole truth. Then tell the truth consistently. Don't ever let lies be a part of your character. Always tell the truth. Listen to what Ephesians 4.15 says. Let our lives lovingly express the truth in all things. Speaking truly. Dealing truly. Living truly. That is to tell the truth Consistently. Now, now listen to this one. This is a big one too. When you tell the truth, tell it lovingly. The Bible says that we are to, in Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth in love. Okay? Sometimes you can tell, tell somebody the truth, but the way you said it was not in love. And you may be telling 100%, 1,000% of the truth, but the way you said it was not kind. Um, sometimes we're afraid to confront people. We need to confront people. We need to tell them the truth. But do it for the other person's benefit and be kind when we say it. Now here, so it's got to, when you tell people the truth, tell it out of love from your heart. And tell it not out of anger, but tell them out of love in their heart. Speak it truthfully. Now here's another one, kind of similar to this, a little bit different. Tell the truth tactfully. Tell the truth tactfully. You know, a husband may tell his wife, Honey, I've noticed you put on a few pounds lately. Okay? Is that true? Yes. Is that tactfully? No. Okay? Um, there were... <laughs> Uh, I had an associate pastor, and bless his heart, I mean, I was able to pull a lot of good people on staff. But the one who gave me the greatest headache is he didn't know how to tell the truth tactfully. What he would say was right, but man, he offended everybody, and I mean, people hated him. Now, they shouldn't have hated him, but they hated him. And I'll never forget, he was teaching a Sunday school workers thing, and uh, he, he was talking, and I, I, I saw him up there, and he was getting mad about what he was saying. And I was sitting there going, oh, Lord. Then all of a sudden, one of my, the chief critic of that church, who was like the secretary of one of the Sunday school classes, got up when he did that, came over to me on his way out with his wife, and he looked at me, and he said, well, I tell him that he ought to read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I wanted to say, have you read it? <laughs> now, was he telling the truth? Should that associate pastor have read that book and learned how to speak a little bit more tactfully? Yes, that's the truth. He didn't, and, the, and that associate pastor was telling the truth about Sunday school, but he didn't say it tactfully. Here's this guy who's always after me on the way out. He told the truth. He should read it, but he didn't say it tactfully. Say it tactfully. Now, here's the final words. Then we're done. Listen to what it says here. Ephesians 4.25. 
Talking about if you're a Christian, so then get rid of lies. Get it out of your life. Not one lie. Speak the truth to each other because we are all members of the same body. You let cancer in your life of lies, it affects the whole body. Revelation 21, 27. Talking about going into the new Jerusalem, the city of God. Heaven is another way to say it. And nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into heaven. Now, if you're saved, you're still going to get in there. But God, you know what God lumps in with liars who never repent? Homosexuals. Those who practice abomination. Those who commit murder. God puts lying on the same level as that. Shall ever come to heaven only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. All right, here's another one, and we wrap it up with this one. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is the truth? No one can come to the Father except through me.